Hello and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name's Cole and with me as always is Gavin. This week we have a lot of great news for you, so let's jump right in. The rapper Travis Scott, he is dropping a new album, but a lot of the buzz is around this new merch line that he's dropping. He partnered with the famous designer Cause to work on this merch line together. Staying true to his brand, a lot of the design have a streetwear vibe to them. And those black shirts that you've seen, they are $65. What do you think about the design? What do you think about the price? Check this out. Traceability. Have you heard of it? Traceability is the new trend in the fashion industry. For example, the EU, they plan to adapt something that's called a digital product passport. What this does is allow consumer to trace the product back to the original source. Brand like Chloe, they're using something that's called a digital system to track product from raw material all the way to the finished product, all in the name of transparency and sustainability. There's a brand that's called Sheep Inc. They let you adopt a sheep and you could track it. How cool is that? Traceability. Is it just the new fad? Or is it here to stay? Hey, so I'm here at Graphics Pro Expo and we're gonna run in to see what they have for us and see if any of the vendors can give us a quick rundown of what they're offering for the new year. How you doing? We're right here at the Graphics Pro Expo. What we have right here is the DTF machine. And this is ready to go. This is resale quality. We do gang sheets, heat transfers, custom orders, stickers, everything. So when you guys are ready, ready to have the DTF, Contact us and we'll get you right. What's up everybody? So here we have DTF, that's direct to film. So anybody that wants to do full color transfers, uh, this is the machine for you. We also have embroidery here, uh, our new ice stitch line uh, from one to four heads. And that's if you want to do like puff hats, uh, you know, corporate wear, all that kind of stuff. That's what that's all about. And of course, our DTG printers. That's what we have here at this expo. Anytime you guys need anything, reach out. We'll T-shirts and hoodies and crewnecks and blanks made of organic cotton, excellent quality. We take care for the environment and try to be successful for those who care. So you have some really nice quality product. Thank you very much. Uh, where is it all being produced? Uh, either in Europe or in some neighboring countries overseas. And what's the best way for them to see samples? I would suggest to go to my website. Very nice, thank you. So we actually have the Burst Bay Leathermans that you can buy now. We do have our new um, aprons available. Very so nice denim. And your light and then your, your dark um, one. And then you have 100% recycled apron. So that is a Awesome, thank you. Thank you. This week we have a great guest. It's Rich Santo from Culture Studio. Uh, Rich, could you just give the people a quick rundown of what Culture Studio is today? Yeah, 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 no problem. Thanks a lot for having me on. Um, Culture Studio is, you know, simply a merchandise company. Uh, you know, we build a, a platform um, for artists and entertainment to make merch at scale. Uh, that platform consists of a proprietary piece of technology um, that does pretty much all enterprise resource planning, um, order management, capacity planning and scheduling, uh, shipping and logistics. And then, you know, in combination with our, you know, physical assets, which is 135,000 square feet of production floor in Chicago and Daytona Beach, Florida, which is our, our, our newest location. That is such a massive amount of uh, floor space. Are you running double shifts or triple shifts? Yeah, the, so both locations run 22 hours a day seven days a week oh my god um so they they never ever close carlos says uh 
we're, we're open like seven 11. You just can't get a Slurpee here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the only thing we're close for two hours, you know, just to perform maintenance, which is, which is, you know, Cole, as you know, is, is super challenging, especially when, when those dryers are running all day, every single day, they just, they just never have time to cool. There's oil dripping from them. You know, it's like you open up so many more problems that, that, you know, I, I think just running them for eight hours a day, you, you usually wouldn't get, I really don't know if, you know, any of that equipment is, is really built to never stop running. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, certainly has its challenges, uh, in a whole, but, you know, I think we're just getting started. So, you know, the way, the way we look at, you know, everything that we're doing is, you know, really at a level of scale and, you know, trying to upgrade and, and, you know, consider ourselves a, a you know, a real factory um, that does, you know, does logistics all over the country. And, you know, once we, once we build out that infrastructure, uh, then, you know, it, you can just keep building on top and on top, but, you know, it certainly doesn't happen overnight. I mean, speaking of it not happening overnight, how did you find yourself at this point? Did you uh, really aggressively invest in and kind of go field of dreams and figure that the if the capacity was there, you could fill it? Or were you always building because the customers demanded more and more production? Yeah, we we, we have we've never built it and hope they would come. You know, we we have always reacted to the demand. Um, you know, sometimes very, very quickly. And, you know, we've, we've made, I, w- I would say, some brass de- decisions along the way that like c- could be questionable, you know, but have certainly, you know, have certainly panned out. But, you know, when we decided to, to break our lease when we were in 9,000 square feet and move to 50,000 square feet, we didn't do that in hopes that, you know, the business would come, you know, we were running the doors off of that facility and, and we had to move and we had to add machinery. Um, and then that's actually the, the place where we're at right now, you know, we're right, right now and right in the middle of, um, an additional facility in Chicago, um, that would add 120,000 square feet to the 135 that we have currently. Um, and so we would keep this one, you know, rocking and rolling and, and add on top of that. But, you know, again, we'll, we're doing that to try and relieve some of the, you know, some of the demand and, and be able to service in, in, in the right way. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if we always want to run 22 hours a day. I think, you know, sticking with just two shifts would, would be far more enjoyable, you know, in just in a whole as an organization. But, you know, we're, we exist to meet our customers' demands. And so we'll do anything, whatever it takes. And while you've been doing this building, uh, how were you acquiring this level of customer? Because so many people you know, they would be thrilled to have one or two of some of the artists that you guys work with. Um, and that would be like their entire business. They'd be dedicated to it. Um, how is it that you've been able to meet and actually succeed in sales with these people um, and not just be stuck at a level of maybe a, you know, a four auto shop, something like that? What was that breakthrough in sales? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know if there's necessarily like one single you know, breakthrough. I think it's, you know, we we're at this 14 years now and, and, you know, it's like, you know, quality and consistency and being humble every step of the way. So, you know, like, I think this, this is just a, you know, like layers and layers of the cake, you know, over and over again, where, you know, we're, we're asked to do something that, you know, oftentimes is the unthinkable and, 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 you know, we humbly go at the, you know, the opportunity and get it done and do a great job and, and then ask for another one. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't think like the word no doesn't really exist in our vocabulary. Uh, where we're, you know, we're always yes, you know, sometimes there's a yes, and when, um, or yes, and this might be required, but, you know, otherwise, it's, it's just, um, you know, the long road of being asked to do something and, and stepping up and fulfilling the request. And and so with the staff, I mean, bringing them on so that they have that same attitude, and also for them to have a skill set, I'm sure that Bringing on, I'm not sure what your staff's at uh, now, like 200 plus. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With that many people, how are you bringing them on, training them properly, and getting them not only the skills but the attitude to deliver? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we we chose this name, you know, this this first word in in our company name, not not like we didn't like roll the dice or anything like that. We we knew early on that you know making T-shirts would be really really cool, especially if it was like you know a high profile opportunity. But at the end of the day, it would start to look exactly like the peanut factory that's next door to us. You know, it's like this manufacturing, and so you know it it can get monotonous. And so for that, we build a very, very strong culture. And, you know, very often people, when they come step on to the stage with us, they do not fit because this is a championship team. And if you're not interested in doing what it takes to, to play on a championship team, then you're quickly removed from the stage. Um, and so, you know, I think choosing and sticking to, you know, that culture, which is har- even harder when you have multiple facilities. I, I will, you know, I would definitely humbly say that it is very challenging, you know, when the culture is so great here. Um, but, you know, it just f- forces us to continue to choose people that fit and choose people that, you know, are like-minded. Um, and that's that's how it keeps the ball rolling, you know? Yeah. And when you're choosing the equipment to run at this sort of capacity, what has your mindset been there? Is it just brand loyalty because you end up being such a good client for them that their tech support is going to be phenomenal? Or have you kind of hopped back and forth between the big creators um, to see what you think is actually the best piece of equipment? Yeah, you know, I think we are we are in MNR's backyard you know when it when it comes to being in Chicago and and uh you know we have some pretty deep roots with them so you know what what was important to us as we continue to scale and we continue to build multiple factories all you know all over the country is that you have to have consistency you know we even even in the dark room you know we made some questionable choices uh, when when we went out, you know, to Daytona and, and filled the darkroom. And if you have different machinery in in your same factories that are under one flag, you know, like are under one jersey, and, and that product starts to look every, ever so slightly different, you're not built for scale. And so, you know, that that's our intention is to be built for scale and, you know, be able to put our thumbprint on a product and people know that it's coming from us, you know, as decorators or as you know factories we don't we don't get the opportunity to put our brand on on you know on the the front of you know the item that we're making right like you you would know us from the experience and you would know us from the thumbprint that comes on that decoration uh so you know that that is our branding and so for that it must be consistent across the board and and so with that consistency, can you get real into the details and maybe walk me through an order flow? Like I'm I'm X huge artist. I need 36,000 units at this location in four days. Can you walk me through the departments and even the software processes that you're using to keep that managed? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we call it the Culture Studio platform. Um, you know, we we do make a side, you know, a separate code base um, called StockUp that, you know, we've had a couple shops use um, that's, you know, very, very in line with the total process, but completely different in functionality. You know, there's so much that, you know, Culture Studio does that I think is so um, unorthodox or, you know, you know, wouldn't be necessarily something we'd want to build into a platform that would be sold to anybody else. Cause it's just like, so, so niche. Um, but you know, the, the order is, uh, you know, in taken from the account management, uh, team and then the platform takes over from there. You know, we have garment securing that happens and then, you know, the order goes into the schedule. At, you know, at inside the schedule, that's when, you know, we use an algorithm to decide where is the end location, where is it shipping, and where do we have the capacity, and then, you know, puts it directly onto a machine. So, so you know, so it's literally assigning not just a building and a time of day, but it's saying machine four at 2pm will begin this specific job. Um, so there is no like, there's no supervisor deciding to split things up among the crew. The algorithm is managing that for you. Yeah. You know, the, as well, you know, we, 
we have had, well, I personally have had, you know, the, the blessing of, you know, being born into, you know, family of, you know, just incredible decorators and screen printers since they were kids. You know, my, my youngest brother, Joey, has been, you know, doing this since he was, a, you know, a little kid. Um, and, you know, he really is the wizard behind, you know, making sure that the platform is doing its job correctly. And so, you know, I'm not going to say that it, it, it just is a completely automated process. It's putting it where it thinks it needs to go. And then you have that skill set with Joey who comes in and says, no, I could actually change the run rate on this one. And then this one isn't, you know, the platform says it's going to run from 7am to 3.30, but Joey can come in and say, no, I know that we can turn the speed up and get that one done at one o'clock. And so for that, that next job can bump up and move in. Um, and so, yeah, you know, then the, the product, the garment product is ordered, you know, to that facility. The files are dumped into the CTS systems. Screens are burned or digitizing is done. Uh, product meets press and, you know, and it's on to packing. And, you know, packing and shipping then, you know, does that job through the platform, printing the carton labels, printing the shipping labels, and it's on to the next one. And I'm sure Gavin will have some insight into or, you know, how he likes to manage artwork. Um, and you guys are doing such a massive amount of it that you need to not only separate, but do, you know, mock up approvals and and sizing and placement and all these little things that are ultimately just a lot of emails. Typically, how do you manage that order flow with the artwork so that you don't just get hung up on somebody not approving for 24 hours or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I I'll say, in the, you know, the majority of our clients, you know, are, are pretty sophisticated. So, you know, we're always trying to build things. We actually just released a, a digitized process on art approvals and photo approvals, you know, rather than attaching them to an email, the platform handles that. So, you know, an artist simply uploads the steps, uploads the mock-ups, and the platform takes over. Um, but, you know, we, with all that said, you know, I think because, as an organization, we consider ourselves a technology company first. Um, we're also ultra high touch because of that. You know, the, this this is this is manufacturing, and mm-hmm. and oftentimes you need to pick up the phone and or text. You know, or, you know, we try to be really really close with our clients. You know, build a really strong relationship with them. And so, you know, if there's something that's hung up, we're on it immediately. And yeah. so. Being high touch like that, is it uh, a thing where you end up having account managers assigned to individual clients who then are contacting production? Or do you have kind of like a a mass of people that can jump in at any moment, uh, kind of like a customer service line? Yeah, no, the nucleus is account management. We don't really do, from our perspective, any customer service at all. Um, You know, these these are reoccurring revenue accounts. You know, these we're, we're... you know, barely ever doing a one-off with a client. Um, you know, I think where, where we don't compete in any way, shape or form is for, you know, the, the brand or the promo products company, or, you know, like I I know like the ASI industry is like, you know, everything is kind of automated on their end too. And like, you know, you, you place the order on the website and then the art approval comes and you never have to talk to anybody. We are the polar opposite of that, you know, even though we're very tech focused on how the order is routed, we're extremely high touch on the, the you know, account management side. Interesting. Um, yeah. So it, we spoke with Rum not too long ago from Supercolor, and um, he was saying that they've had projects where they've done like a million transfers for one individual client. When they're hitting those sorts of crazy numbers in the transfer game, have you been implementing transfers into your system or are you pretty much exclusively screen printing with like a touch of DTG? Yeah, no, we, we would do pretty sizable transfer stuff. I think, you know, we bought the country out of transfer machines uh, last year. Wow. <laughs> um, we've got like 60 of them or something like that oh, wow. between our locations. Um, but, you know, the only thing that I will say when it, you know, when it comes to our industry is that that, that fad does roll up and down. I mean, I know, you know, for, for great brands like Supercolor, they have thousands and thousands of clients. And so mm-hmm. they can continue to climb. But, 
you know, for our industry, it, it ebbs and flows, which makes it, you know, a little com more complicated to try and figure that production out when it's kind of, you know, constantly up and down. Uh, but, you know, when, when we're doing conceptual, I, I like transfers for, for many, you know, many different types of fabrics and, you know, many styles and designs and, you know, just like the look I'm going for often a transfer can, can really do that better than screen printing. So, you know, I'm a big fan. Huh. And so with those, uh, machines that you bought, what, what brand did you end up going with for all the production? All of them. All of them? Well, you just kept testing what you liked and didn't like? or No, we it, just literally bought anything that we could get our hands on. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, if I, if, if I walk back there, you know, I mean, Joey's got every single brand that, that is imaginable. I mean, we could, we can have a museum of them here. <laughs> so what does the print like the print process look like without just a whole bunch of proprietary softwares for running as, you know, different styles of rips? How are you sending the art to these different brands of printers without it becoming a headache? No, no, I was talking about the transfer machines. You know, as far as, far as the CTSs go, you know, we, we're using all of the same for that. Okay. But it, so yeah, the but machines, the transfer machines, you're basically just sending PNGs to and then they rip it themselves? No, these are just heat presses. Yeah. We, oh, just we heat presses. Transfers, we would do them with Supercolor. Yeah, we do. Oh, not in that got business. it. Yeah, yeah, I was we're confused. Not, I thought you were actually yep. creating the transfers. Got it. So Supercolor no is doing all your stuff. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. So in the world of managing this many people and hiring them, I'd love to know what your team looks for in a hire. Uh, like, what is your interview process like so that you can actually find someone, especially in small businesses? Um, people have a really hard time finding anyone who isn't just you know, the guy willing to work for you. Um, that's normally the issue with the small business is a lot of people don't even apply. Um, so what kind of separates your hiring process from just saying like, Hey, will you show up on time? Yeah. I mean, you know, another thing that I've been very blessed with is, you know, some team members that came on super early, uh, like Annabelle who leads our, you know, team member services department. She was a very early, um, onboard, uh, maybe I mean she's ten years now, something like that, um, and so she's been with us from the start. She knows the culture, and you know something else I think um, that is unique to us um, that like HR oftentimes gets like the um, I, I guess you'd say like the impression that HR does the like oh this person doesn't like that person right mm -hmm. or like oh, this person doesn't want to work with this person or, you know, he or she looked at that person, you know, incorrectly. We don't do that here. Uh, this is a business. You know, we, we're, this, we're, again, like, we're playing to win here. And nothing like that, you know, and, and Annabelle and the team here has always laid the foundation for that, that, like, you're a professional. When you come here, you're going to be a professional. We don't entertain the classic HR things of like drama between, you know, whatever. Right. And that goes all the way back with, you know, culture fit. If we can find ourselves a culture fit, then we have certifications and training departments and, and standard operating procedures and an operating manual and luckily, we're just making T-shirts over here. We're not doing heart surgery. We don't need to hire Yale graduates. We just need good people that, you know, that are willing to learn. And we can teach them from there and have grit and tenacity. And we've got ourselves a winner. So that's how we do that. Like, that, that's what we're looking for. We, we look at skills last. You know, maybe the engineering department you know, the art department, you know, like, okay, you gotta, you gotta have some formal training around, you know, the Adobe suite, you know, we're not going to try and train, train that from the start. But otherwise, anything else, including press operating, you know, we prefer no experience on the press. Because the beauty with no experience on the press is that we can bring you in a fresh, clean slate and teach you the right way rather than all those years of bad practice, you know, mm. that, that we have to try and claw back. Yeah. So um, I, the last thing that you said was that was 
that was what was going through my mind the whole time you was talking is building a massive team like this. Like one thing I appreciate what you say is that you were super intentional about one, the name of your company being Culture Studio and intentional about building your culture. Right. Because um, just just in my past life running like a big business, at, at, that's what it comes down to. Like it's really your reputation that's really going to run the business and that's the culture, right? So I'm curious to like know like specifically, uh, you mentioned a few just right now, like what are some of the things that you do to like create this like almost invisible hand to like run this business for you, right? Like what are some like management things or leadership things that you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we we do all the classic things. And, you know, my my job, you know, solely um, as far, you know, as, you know, of course, the, you know, the, the buck stops with me and, you know, I, I get, I get always down in the dirt, you know, I, I, I was, I, I live in the dirt. Um, so if it, you know, we had all the water in Daytona was shut off by the city. And so all the toilets and, and the washout booths all of a sudden were yellow, right? I'm on that. I'm on that immediately. Um, you know, I'm getting my team to call the plumbing department, seeing what we have to do. Like, you know, the buck stops with me. If there's ever, you know, a significant issue of any sort, you know, I'm, I'm jumping right in. But then I'm all the way up at, you know, the top on what is the, the vision of the organization. Mm -hmm. And then in line with the vision are our principles. And the principles are the tools that we are able to give our team so that they can be us at mm -hmm. scale. And, you know, like we talk about having a championship team, you know, I, I have them actually right on my wall right here. Cause I, I actually pull them off like a hammer, or a, you know, or a screwdriver. And I, I say like, Hey, there's this piece of engineering, you know, that we need to do and we're going to make it have a million and one features. And I was like, no, we need to simplify it. And then, you know, like so, something else that, you know, Jordan is a, another engineer here that is, I, he really has a, a skill set that I do not have, which is he's an incredible teacher. Um, I lack the ability to communicate something that I've been thinking about for three years to somebody that has never heard it before. He's really good at this. And so he'll come in and tell me technically why we should be doing this in this way. You know, for example, we're going to pull all these API products and then display them in a catalog. And we could do pagination or we could do auto load or we could do click to load, for example. And then he's going to tell me why technically these are all better. And I have to add, I ask him that same question over and over again. Well, how is it ought to be? And that's a Steve Jobs quote. You tell me how it ought to be, you know, like. What is, how should it work? How is it intuitive? You know, like my four-year-old uses an iPad. I mean, she FaceTimed, she actually been FaceTiming me the whole time I've been on. But like to, the fact that a four-year-old could use an iPad and FaceTime and has the, like the most powerful device in her hand and she knows how to wield it like a Ferrari is just incredible. Um, and so, you know, we have all these tools that I could just, use myself and then my team mm -hmm. starts to look just like that. Now I found that every single organization looks just like its leader. Every team looks just like its leader. Funny enough, even the decor, you know what I mean? Like if you go into somebody's business, if they're in like, if they're in HR or if they're in logistics, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what they're in, you know, how they carry themselves even comes out in the decor of the organization, like of, of this physical space. Um, and so that's why we build those tools so that we intentionally set the principles of the organization and how it is that we want to run. And oftentimes they don't fit everybody. That's for sure. You know, like we, we're, we're very much okay with turnover and we're very much okay with people choosing not to choose us. Even in the interview process that, you know, we're hiring, a, we have a job board, I don't even know, 50 jobs on it or something like that. Um, and we're very much confident that people 
do not have to choose us because there's easier places to work. That's for darn sure. (laughs) You know, and uh, there's tons of work-life balance and all kinds of stuff that is, is top of mind for many people. And, you know, for that, I'm glad to, to introduce them to some awesome companies that I know of, and they've had great, beautiful careers. But if you choose this one, it's going to be hard, yeah. and that's expected. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Go ahead, Gavin. Yeah, like um, for you, right? Because you want to be a champion. You're building a big business, like, and you're leading this. Like, why did why did you choose to go this way? Like, because let's say uh, a million dollar business is good enough for most people, right? Like that's why decide to have a multi-million dollar business and work with the biggest brand. What is it? That's like, why do you want that? Like, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, my, my brothers, you know, Nick, Joe and Carlo and I, you know, when we, when we started the organization, um, you know, we we knew that we wanted to swing for the fences, you know, and I thought we we all have an you know uh, an immense competitive um, you know side to us, and you know also um, you know we're we're the get it done. May I take another? We'll take care of it, guys. Too, you know we we come from hospitality. You know we we did a long you know ten years in in the hospitality world, and so. You know, I think we learned a lot from that. And so we married the two together. We, we married our passion for making products um, and, and making lasting products and beautiful, you know, we call them collectibles, right? Like, and then we married that with, you know, the, our, our you know, deep knowledge in, in serving people. And so, you know, that allowed us to get to a place where we felt confident enough that we can build something you know, really spectacular, you know, like we went to the sixth, you know, digit and then we go to the seventh and to the eighth and, you know, like, and and we want to keep going. And, uh, and I think, you know, we also get the opportunity to work as family and now 200 and, you know, something high two hundreds family, you know, we, the slogan internally here is that, you know, we recruit like a championship team and then once you're on the team, we treat you like family. And so, uh, you know, that that's just been a pleasure. You know, it's been absolutely, it's been hard as hell, but it's been a pleasure. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I'd like to get back a little bit to the APIs. The um, issue that I've always seen is when I offer a full catalog to the customers, we have a lot of confusion about, you know, what the right choice is. And a lot of times, there isn't necessarily a right choice. It's just what's your price point and what are you going for? Um, with you integrating, I don't know if you're integrating directly with distributors or if you're doing it with mills directly, um, but how do you kind of choose a line to offer the clients without overwhelming them with literally thousands and thousands of options? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're, we have an API into all of them. Anybody who, who sells, anybody who has one, we're, we're pulling it in. Um, but it's our job on the creative side. And when we build line sheets out, we're making the decisions. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, you know, always uh, try to inspire our teams that, you know, we're the professionals. We do this for a living. They don't, you know, in, in many cases, you know, they, they sing or make their creator or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, when, when we make a line sheet, we're making it with the product, this is the one that we're suggesting. And then and if it's like, oh, I want Garmin dye, oh, I want to be more cost effective, then we'll make that change. But, you know, that catalog only exists for our, you know, our internal team, as well as for the client to get ideas. You know, let's search for, um, you know, Garmin dye. Let's search for drop shoulder. Let's, you know, let's search for something that they're looking for. But then when it comes to building that out, I, I give one option. I will, I will try to empower the client to, to push back rather than have analysis paralysis. And do you do that with the actual artwork too? Are you doing a lot of the creation? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a ton of creation. Um, we're, you know, we're doing, you know, complete line sheets and, you know, we're choosing that product for them. We're, you know, we're first off, you have to understand the client. You know, sometimes I think the analysis comes from you literally don't know the client. 
And so, you know, if, if you don't know the client, then you have to ask the question or you have to say, here, go search. Uh, but, you know, for what we do, we really try to understand, okay, what is the client? What are their intentions? What are they looking for? And then we say, this is the one. And so when you're putting that much upfront work into a client, um, how do you approach that? You know, obviously, there's some people that will start small and grow. So you're not trying to alienate necessarily a small customer, but you don't want to invest too much upfront time in a smaller run. How do you guys balance that um, since it does seem like the sales time commits quite a bit to art and uh, to like just general label creation? Yeah, we try to keep it simple on that front, too. You know, like if if we can, you know, we're, we're doing something for a restaurant, you know, a celebrity that has a restaurant here in Chicago. So we've met with them. We enjoyed it. We had dinner with them. And then we said, like, OK, tell us about the product line. They're like, OK, we want to do like something high end, something like that has like the luster of what the masters did. And, you know, we have that conversation. It doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't, sometimes it's only a couple sentences that you need to draw out. Mm -hmm. And then we're saying, okay, this is the product and look at it, you know, beautifully designed on the actual physical product that you're going to get. And then we're saying like, okay, this is the one you want to go with. And so do you do how do a lot of physical sampling as well? Or are you normally doing it digitally to get approval? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything's digital. You know, oftentimes people want to come to one of our facilities and like touchy feely things. And we're like, it's so hard, you know, like we got a yeah. couple racks here and stuff. But like, we're not, we're not a t-shirt deli, you know, like, yeah. if we can't, if we can't communicate in it with a high res image, then we'll ship you a bunch of samples if you really want to feel it. Interesting. Yeah, we have so many people that want to touch t-shirts, and they don't believe that it's already a, a really high successful like selling shirt um yeah. it's interesting how everybody has an opinion on shirts but they don't know the specifics so it's good to just act like the professional i like that attitude um so going into this entire workflow and the software at this point how much do you think you've invested building out the software i mean it seems like it must have been a massive cost um to create such an amazing in-house uh production flow yeah uh, you know fun fact uh, that I, I've mentioned a couple times is we have more money in software than we do in actual physical machinery. That's what um, And it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely wild because, you know, the beauty of a, uh, I think we have one auto that is a challenger two, I think it is. And it's got millions of impressions on it. Actually, I think Joey continues to run it just to th like, you know, like, Kramer and that Seinfeld where he keeps yeah. driving the car to see if the gas goes out, you know, like, I mean, and it, to be honest with you, if you walk by it, you couldn't really tell because we have an incredible maintenance team here and, and we really take care of stuff, uh, you know, on the floor. But, um, you know, the beauty of a machine is you buy it once and it runs forever. Not so much with software, especially if you want to keep building and advancing it, it is a never ending you know, sucking of, of physical cash. Uh, but, you know, with that said, Oscar and, and, and his team, all the engineers are a pleasure as well. And really like one of my passions is just building products, whether they're in physical or the digital, you know, format. And so not many people think it's that cool. Like, especially most of our team, like, we'll build something, we'll build like a, a feature or something and we'll roll it out and we'll be like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> no one gives a shit, yeah. you know, like, right. you just like, everybody's like, wow, you know, invoices are automated. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And we're like, yeah, but like, we just saved thousands of hours, you know, like man hours to, you know, that we automate every single invoice, you know, at 11 o'clock. All the invoices send out to all the clients right at once. It's such a huge, cool thing to do, you know, but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> With those automations, have you found any way to implement some of the, the AI tools as a way to improve your flow? Or have you still had to like code it directly and you haven't really been able to use the AI tools yet? Yeah, we're getting there. You know, we've, we've got a Slack channel just filled, um, you know, Oscar and I and, and the rest of the team, Jordan, you know, we're, we're 
always trying to come up with how can we, you know, I, I think we're going to probably start on the art side, you know, hopefully we can start getting, you know, some mock-ups put together, you know, automated, um, you know, try to automate the colors to be, you know, input into the press instructions and stuff like that. But cool. um, it's definitely coming, you know, uh, this building stuff like that is just so expensive. Um, and, you know, I, we're enjoying what, how to use it. You know, we've been, you know, solving problems with AI and stuff like that. I mean, even for myself personally, just if I have a question and chat helps me out, fix anything. I mean, a freaking nest, nest thermostat, you know, like mm-hmm. how do I reset a nest thermostat? And it tells you, you know, without having to click all over the place. So I think it's coming, you know, and it's coming to our industry. It's just, we're, you know, usually a little bit behind. Yeah. And do you think that that's going to affect since you have more account managers and not just, you know, kind of faceless customer service? Do you think that'll be on the sales side um, with, you know, automated responses? Or do you think you really need that human touch to remain uh, like critical to the relationship? Yeah, like something, you know, on the AI side that we've been looking at for quite some time is an OCR, you know, an optical character reader. So, you know, taking a purchase order, scanning it and then putting it into you know, the cells that we need it to be in. Um, if you use like bill.com or anything like that, it, you know, once you tell it where to go, it machine learns that structure forever. Um, and so we're looking at, you know, doing stuff like that, but, you know, quite honestly, still, still pretty far out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's very interesting to play with Gavin. What are your thoughts on kind of AI and especially what he's talking about with the, the mock-up creation and the art production. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is a game changer. If you, I think whoever could get to that first in this industry has uh, something very valuable. Right. So we've played around with a few things like um, we did like an internal um, quality control to like compare artwork together, like to see what's the, what the different clicks was and what, what was the modification uh, came out. Okay. Not, not like production ready, but it's like a little thing that we playing around with. Uh, but definitely if you could get mock-up done in an automated way, or you could generate the mock-up like, like using live art and it could study the art, pull the colors, label it properly, uh, use your own branding, um, like your own like color stocks and all that stuff, that piece will be major. Uh, obviously, it's in our minds. It's in my mind, so I'm heavily <laughs> thinking about that. But cost is a major obstacle. Like yep. uh, cost to build something out like this is crazy. Uh, and also on the production file thing, I think for us, we, I think I want to leave that like human base where. Uh, a human does that but it could be fun to see where i mean even now you could do a lot of scripts anyway inside of like the adobe products and the scripts will like save a lot of time already like we got a couple of scripts that we play with uh but maybe just using the native adobe generative stuff that they have could be just sufficient enough for most people but I think the AI will be a game changer on the art part of things and the industry, definitely in the sales, uh, like just sales development and just imagine that you could like shorten your sales cycle or you could even remove somebody from sales by the AI just like doing research for you, mm-hmm. like doing like uh, like a summary of a call, right? Like, cause that's like just tedious. After you have that meeting, you have to sit down and just like recap everything and send it out. Uh, that could save you like hours and hours. So there's major, major thing that could come in the sales side. And I know you, Cole, you've been playing around with uh, Zapier to for customer service and for like intake. So yeah, that's a lot of opportunities. Our platform tells us when a job should start and when it should stop. And outside of that, we do not get in the weeds at all. We prefer to focus on quality. We prefer to focus on, you know, especially in Florida, it is hot as hell. I mean, some days it is just unbearable. So 
you know, we have had, you know, parts of our careers where we're so focused on volume and we're so focused on pinning presses up against each other and everything. And I think, you know, we've matured to a level where if you're on the team, especially if you're running a press, you're, you're top notch. And, uh, and, and we don't micromanage people at all. If we see a job is past where it's supposed to, then it's too late. We should be working with the teams, ensuring that they don't have something, you know, a photo holding them up. That's what leadership does. You know, we rather than saying, you know, this person is, you know, low, low efficiency, this person's that, you know, like we could do some level of like scorecarding, you know, and I know, I know Joey and, and his team, you know, do some stuff like that, you know, because we want to incentivize those that, that really kill it. But yeah. You know, outside of that, I, we're very much like, come in, let's make great product. Sometimes I think you get so deep into that stuff, you analysis yourself to death, and we want to back up and look at the big picture. Did the schedule get done today and more? Were we able to take something, you know, more on? Did you guys have fun? Great. You know, like, like we we, you know, have a lot of like, this is what's important, you know, like this is, this is the mission. These four things are important, you know, and if those four things are met, then we really don't care how we got there. And, and, you know, I want to hire really talented, great people, get the hell out of their way and let them do great things rather than be very focused on these, this efficiency and you know, like I look at numbers on or off track if we're all on track, then you don't need my attention. If something's off track, I'm in the problem solving business. So I come help and I'll be a resource, you know, and I hopefully be able to add value. Otherwise you don't hear much from me. Interesting. And when you set up a job and they're in the middle of a, a schedule, are they doing their own press approvals or is that going back to the client? Is there a floor supervisor doing press approvals? How do you not tie up a machine because someone simply doesn't respond quick enough? I, I think actually we're, we're the culprit for that to be completely frank. You know, I, I know that we've had a, a, an effect on the industry with this photo high res photo approval thing that, you know, I, I, I don't know you know, I, we've, we've just made it a huge part of our business, unfortunately. And, you know, I know that has just rolled out everywhere because I get blamed often for it. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm, I, it's a, I, it sucks, you know, and oftentimes how, what, what else could you tell the client except for like, Hey, can you get in touch with them? Because we need to approve this. Um, but we, you know, we try to do everything we can give them a heads up, you know, we're cognizant that if you're printing something in Florida and that client lives in California and it's 7 a.m., okay, then it's 4 a.m. in California. If they don't get back to you, you know why. So, you know, we, we're very, like, you know, I would say professional in that manner. It's like, you know, we're, we're producing stuff in on the East Coast in the morning and then we move to the West Coast in that location. Same with Chicago. And, you know, just give me a heads up, you know, that's, that's the clients usually let me know when it's coming. And because of our level of capacity planning and scheduling, I mean, I could tell you on Friday at 7am on press 14, what is going to, what order is going to be up now? Will it move or whatever the case may be? I'm sure. But for the greater, broader scope, we know exactly what's going on. And, you know, maybe Friday might even be a little long shot. It's three days away. But, you know, at least two days, you know what's going to happen. Wow. Yeah. And all yeah. those calendar tools and stuff are built inside of your own proprietary system. There is no third-party software. Nothing. Nothing. I actually have been I've, I've been, you know, pushing Oscar to use something like, you know, we build everything from scratch. And uh, I'm like, why are we building that? You know, like, well, we could just utilize, 
you know, messaging, let's just utilize Slack. You know, and he's, he's always had the perspective that it's just native. We don't rely on anybody else. And we've just been native since the start. So, um, I don't know. I, I think there's all, all different perspectives on that, but you know, as far as our platform, everything we build is, is native to it. Yeah. You know, one thing, one thing I've been thinking about, like on the AI front and just working with people, I've seen a tool do something similar, but not. And I think this would solve so much like problem if, man, if somebody's listening to this and they, they could build this out. I think a lot of this come down to confidence, right? So your customer needs to have confidence that you're going to do what you promise. You as the leader that's running the business needs to have confidence in your people that they're going to do what they're going to do. Your people need to have confidence in you, right? So imagine if there's like an AI tool that could like measure confidence level. Let's say a project, right? I, uh, I just What's lost Gavin. Did you yeah, lose him, Rich? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We can hear you. Uh, yeah. So think of like, uh, say, an AI that could just measure confidence level. Like, you just tell the uh, the AI, hey, this is what success is, right? And it's just like, for example, uh, the, that camera that you talked about at the end, like it's measuring confidence level, right? Like I'm confident that this shirt is printed. Like imagine you could do that throughout your whole business, right? And that's like a, a ops tool or whatever that could just, and it would be a little scary because like if you could show that to your customer, it's live on the internet. Hey, your jobs are like, I am Rolling. that confident. Yeah. yeah. And your people are like, literally as an owner, you don't even need to be at your business. Like you can literally just watch your dashboard. Hey, I'm super confident. This customer's happy. Stuff like that. I think that could be like, if somebody could do that, all small business needs something like this. Any small business that has people in it needs something like this, like uh, where AI could just measure the confidence level. Yeah. N- another tool you know a principle of ours that you know is on my my board over here is remove uncertainty you know like that, that that's the ultimate you know like in in the client services business that we're all in here just remove uncertainty and often that isn't that that's the hard way yeah. the easy way is to duck and hide right but the, the hard the hard route is to go in remove uncertainty and sometimes even deliver bad news, but still, you know, bad news is removing uncertainty. Yeah. You're now, you're no longer uncertain what's going to happen. You now know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey guys, I uh, actually got to, got to run where uh, we have a scheduled interview um, yeah. at, yeah. Uh, at two o'clock, but I, I really enjoyed this. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for being here. If there's anything you want people to know, let them know now. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I enjoy talking to you guys. Yeah, I look forward uh, to hanging out again. All right. Yeah. Thanks again. Bye. Gavin, tell me what do you think was like the most amazing takeaway you got from this interview? Yeah, this this guy is a beast. He, uh, he wants it all. He wants to be the number one player in the game. You could feel that. And he's playing at a super high level. Like, uh, he has a big team. He just wants it. Like, uh, and it's, it was very inspirational. Uh, if that's the type of business that you want to run. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's got 130,000 something square feet. He's got 200 plus employees. I have no idea how many presses he's up to. And he's doing millions of units. It's an amazing conversation. So I hope you all enjoy. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your mom about us.